Good morning and welcome to Easter Sunday at FBC Wimberley. We normally don't uh, talk about the day we record these things and sometimes we get a little ahead and record a good ways out but this week I'm actually recording on Wednesday night of Holy Week so this is the Wednesday before Easter Sunday and what a great week this is to be talking about uh, Jesus and his resurrection and Easter. A few minutes ago, you don't know this, but in the room, Jordan recorded the announcements for the week. Don't you guys love her? The, if, if I could just have some of that energy that she has. She does such a great job, and we love her, and, and she's a, a crucial member of our team, not only for announcements, but social media. So welcome. Welcome on this Easter Sunday morning. I hope this is a great day for you and your family. We're going to talk about some things today that I think are real pivotal in our faith. Uh, we're not going to go real deep theologically. We're not going to get caught up in the Greek or the Hebrew. We're just going to talk about some things that I hope you can sink your teeth into. I hope they will help you as you try to live this life that we're all living. This is a crazy time that we're in. Uh, just the things around us seem so out of control and and, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't know where to turn. But I hope by the end of the day today, I hope at the end of this message, you'll have a real clear picture of where you can turn. And I hope you'll have a real clear picture of who you belong to. Because God loves you. And the message on this Easter Sunday, like it is every Sunday, but today especially, God loves you. He has a plan for you. And he wants really great things for you. So today we're really going to focus on, since it's Easter, we're going to focus on the resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote a lot about the crucifixion of Jesus. For Paul, the pivotal event for him, the thing that he pointed to all the time, was what happened on the cross. And that's certainly a key event in history. You may hear pastors or people talk sometimes and they'll say, well, the Jewish leaders of the time crucified Jesus, or the leaders of the time killed Jesus on the cross. That's just not true. That is just not true. Jesus went to the cross voluntarily. 2,000 years ago, Jesus got up on that cross for you and for me. He didn't have to. He could have stopped it at any time he wanted to. He could have climbed down when he got uncomfortable, because uncomfortable it certainly was in his fleshly body. But Jesus went to the cross for us because he loves us. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus offered himself up for you and for me. But from the cross on that Friday, we want to look forward to what happens today on Easter Sunday. Uh, one of the uh, authors that I read a lot and, and look at his stuff is Max Lucado. Max lives just south of us in the San Antonio area. And in talking about events of Holy Week, Max points out that uh, God did a lot of things. There was a lot of activity on Friday, and then there's a lot of activity on Easter Sunday when the tomb was open and the women went to the tomb and found it empty. But Max points out that Saturday, God was silent. Nothing really happened on Saturday. And sometimes God's silence is something we can really take hold of. There's times in your life you probably need a silent Saturday. So I encourage you from time to time, take a chance just to sit back and uh, pause on a Saturday and see what you can do. 
So talking about the resurrection, the events of Easter Day. The resurrection is the pivotal foundational event in Christian history. No religious group can point to an empty grave or an empty tomb except Christians. Muhammad is, is in a grave. The Hindu leaders are in graves. Joseph Smith is in a grave. But Jesus is not in a grave. Jesus is not in a tomb. The tomb is empty still today. So the resurrection of Jesus does three things. It validates his identity as the divine son of God. It's something that no other leader can point to. Secondly, it demonstrates his victory over death and over the grave, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. And thirdly, it secures present salvation and physical resurrection of all believers. I get a lot of chances uh, as a pastor here to do funerals. I wish I did a whole lot more weddings than I do funerals, but that's just not the way it comes around here. Uh, and at funerals, uh, there's sad times for sure. There's, there's a funeral is a time that we're going to miss somebody that we love. But there is a joyous nature of a funeral too, knowing that the person that has passed as a believer in Jesus has gone home to be in the presence of Jesus. They've gone home to a place that God tells us we wouldn't even understand if we had words because our words are just inadequate. The resurrection is, is the pivotal event for Christians. Jesus, after he resurrected on Sunday, would appear, uh, make several appearances. We're going to talk about some of those. We're going to kind of talk just for a minute about the appearances to Mary and the ladies at the tomb. And then we're going to kind of camp out for a minute on uh, appearances that Jesus made to two of the believers on the road to Emmaus. And then we're going to end up hopefully with some, some ideas and some things that maybe you can use in your daily walk, things that you can grasp hold of and, and use as you struggle to get by in this world. The resurrection of Jesus, like I said, is the central Christian theological event. And everything in Christianity is built on this event. And we'll kind of trigger on that at the end as well. So we're going to take a little adventure, uh, celebrate this Easter. I hope your family's gathered around. Let's pray and, and see what God has for us today. Father God, just thank you for the beautiful people that are watching today. I know some God will be watching on Easter morning and some people may not watch till later in the week or it may be weeks later or it might be years later down the road. Who knows when this will pop up. But God, just reach out and bless the people that are watching today. Uh, God, give me the words to say these people need to hear from you, not from me. Uh, just let them hear exactly what you want them to hear. And God, thank you. Just thank you, God, uh, for what Jesus did for us. Thank you that Jesus went to that cross, and thank you for the promise of the resurrection. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Just thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' holy name, amen. So let's dive in a little bit. Let's talk about some of the appearances Jesus made uh, on the resurrection day. First, uh, let's go to John 20. Uh, 10 through 18, we're going to talk about the appearance that Jesus made to Mary Magdalene, starting in verse 10. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stopped to look into the tomb. 
In the tomb she saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I've not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. This is a great example. We're going to talk about it again in a minute on the the two fellows on the road to uh, Emmaus. There are times that we miss God. There are times that we don't recognize what God is doing in our lives. There's times we don't recognize Jesus. And this was one of those times. I think we think back on scripture and we think, well, how could the people of that time not understood Jesus, not understood the majesty, not understood the miracles that were performed? But you got to remember for the people that were back there during this time and and these scriptures are written about the goings-on in that time, Jesus was new on the scene for them. They didn't have the 2,000 years of history and, and all of the theological writings and all the things that our grandmas handed down to us when they drug us to church on Sunday. They were living in the moment. And, and just think if it had been you and me there and Jesus had done a miracle or, or Jesus told us the things he told them. How would you and I have responded? I, I would have been doubtful. You know, you probably would have been too. Uh, here, here is the man that says, I'm going to take care of everything. And then there would have been some natural doubt in, in our minds. Uh, so when we look back on these scriptures, just don't miss God. Don't miss Jesus in the scriptures. Don't do what the people at the time did because we've got that history and we have the assurance of Jesus and the assurance of the resurrection. So the second appearance is found in Matthew 28. This is to the women at the tomb. Matthew 28, 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. There's some great uh, theological lessons in rolling back the stone. There's some great historical writings about that and how impossible it would have been for a man to do it because of the position of the stone and the uphill. and But I'll let you look at that on your own. Back to verse 3. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the woman, don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. 
You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Jesus had a post-resurrection appearance to Peter. It's found in the uh, 24th chapter of Luke. And then there's an account in Luke 24 of the appearance to two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. This account is found in Luke 24, 13 to 35. And in this encounter, this is a perfect time where these two fellows didn't realize who Jesus was. Now, some scholars say that the resurrection body that Jesus had was different, that he would have looked differently than he would have looked in his regular fleshly body. So maybe that's why people had a hard time telling who he was. It wasn't until he spoke and they heard his voice that they could tell. But it may be that God kept Jesus from them for a little while just to teach a lesson or to use this for instruction. So uh, Luke 24, 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking, and they looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going further, but they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening, and now the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. And they said to each other, Weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered there. And these people said, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. When Jesus first showed up to these guys on the Emmaus road, they didn't know who he was. They couldn't see 
who he was. And God may have been having them learn a lesson. It may be that his resurrection body was different. But as soon as Jesus blessed and broke the bread, they knew. They knew that he was their risen Lord. This story on the Emmaus Road, who were these two guys? Uh, scholars differ on this. Uh, really, I think probably it comes down to these were two of the disciples that had followed Jesus. Jesus had several groups of people. Jesus, of course, had his close three, um, uh, Peter, Paul, and John. He had the, those, were his, those were his guys that he rallied around. Jesus had Lazarus, who was his, like his best friend in the hometown whenever he went home. He always went to see Lazarus. Uh, some guy I heard say one time, Lazarus was Jesus' homie. Uh, whenever Jesus went home, that's who he wanted to spend his time with. Jesus had the 12. That was the 12 that he trusted. But then Jesus had the 70. And Jesus had concentric crowds that were just larger and larger. And these two men were part of the group of 70. They were not members of the 11, but they were group, uh, people of the wider group. They lived in Emmaus, probably. They were probably headed home. They had an overnight accommodation there. We don't know where Emmaus was for sure. It's not there now. Uh, most likely it was a town, at least Josephus, the ancient Jewish historian, says it was a town about three and a half miles away. So hence the seven-mile round-trip journey. But what do we learn from this thing? What do we learn from this encounter about Jesus? We know that the body that Jesus had when he was on the earth was a body of flesh and blood, just like the body that we have. Uh, maybe not as worn out as mine feels, uh, but it was a body of flesh and blood for sure. And when Jesus was on the cross, he would have suffered in his fleshly body. Jesus told people that he would be resurrected. And people responded when Jesus appeared post-resurrection Jesus respond, people responded a couple of different ways. They were afraid. Uh, they were alarmed. Think of uh, Mary at, at the tomb. She didn't know what was going on. She was scared to death that somebody had stolen Jesus' body. She didn't know what to do. She was beside herself. Uh, she was fearful and afraid. Some people, like we talked about earlier, responded uh, to Jesus post-resurrection with doubt and disbelief. But just remember that in this time and under these circumstances, this was a lot to take in for these folks. This was just, Jesus was a big deal. And it was hard to, to wrap your head around what all Jesus was, what he stood for, what he could do, that God would come down amongst them. And the people had a hard time with that. We have it a lot easier these days. We've got 2,000 years of history and we can look back. Uh, but they didn't have that. So we have to give them a little bit of grace when we read these scriptures. What is the significance of Jesus' resurrection appearances? They gave proof that he was truly God, who he said he was. And, and here's really where everything boils down. Our Christian life and our faith depend on the trustworthiness of the witness's testimony. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Paul says if Jesus did not die on the cross and resurrect and go to be with God three days later, 
everything we believe is, is worthless. But we know, we know that tomb is empty. We know that what Jesus said would happen did happen. We know the promises of God came through on that day. You know, there's the people that in Jesus' time had a lot of expectations. I don't know about you, I live my life with expectations about, you know, what I think should happen. And, and I'm real good at saying, you know, God, this is what I kind of need going on. And uh, you could just do that for me, right? You know, you could, you could fulfill my plan for me. Uh, I expect things out of myself. I expect things out of circumstances. I expect things out of people around me. But you know what? God tells me all the time. It's not about what I expect. It's not about what I think. It's about having a heart to love people and treat people like Jesus. Grief and hard times can knock us down to our knees. Uh, it can get us down in a place where we don't want to be. But in God's mercy and grace, he comes alongside us and he lifts us, lifts us up in those times. God will meet you in your grief. God will meet you in your sadness. God will meet you in your time of trouble. God will never abandon you. There are times when it's easier for us to think, well, God has just forgotten me. God will never forget you. You can turn. You can turn away from God. God will never turn away from you. There's times in my life I've thought, well, you know, this is no real big deal. I can get through this and I can do this without God's help. And you know what? Usually those things don't turn out very well. And, uh, and when they don't, and usually there's a disaster on the horizon, I turn back around and, and there God is. A lot of times I picture God standing there like this saying, how'd that work out for you? And uh, you know what? Most of the time it didn't work out very good. God will come alongside you each and every time. God is true to his promises and God will be true to you. God will remind us that we need to trust him and we just need to have confidence and faith that God's ways aren't my ways and they're not your ways. They're God's ways and God will do what he needs to do. God will take a sinner like me, somebody whose life can be a wreck at times, and God can use me and God can use you. It does not matter today where you are on this Easter Sunday in 2022, it does not matter to God where you are. God can take you out of where you are and use you for his plan. There's nothing that you could have done that can prevent God's plan from coming true in your life. God will step alongside you. Things may not be going great today. Just reach out and take Jesus' hand. Easter's a great time to just Give pause. Take one of those silent Saturdays that Max Lucado talks about and just talk to God. And you know what else you need to do? You need to listen and see what God tells you. Reach out. Take Jesus' hand today. Don't get caught up this Easter Sunday in what could be. God's not interested in who you were. God's interested in who you're going to be when you go home to see him. And he's got a great plan for you. This Easter Sunday, I hope you find Jesus. If you don't know Jesus and you're in the Wimberley area, it would be my privilege for you to get a hold of me. And you know how, Jordan tells you every Sunday, get a hold of me and I will introduce you to Jesus. That would, that would make my day. If you're not in the Wimberley area, reach out anyway. 
We'll figure out a way to talk. If you're uh, ways away, if you're in New Jersey or Maine or Canada or Costa Rica, and you are longing for Jesus in your life, reach out. I will help you find a local body of believers where you can plug in. Jesus wants you to come alongside. He wants you to know him. He wants you to depend on him. And he wants you to go out and serve people and tell them how great a God you serve. I'd be glad to help you with that today. Happy Easter. I hope this has helped. And I hope that if you don't know Jesus, that you'll find him very soon. Thank you for being with us today.